1991, I was the recipient of the ever so loving nickname, Tina Talk A Lot. Now, this could have stunted my extroverted self, but instead I embraced that name like it was my job. Almost 30 years later, that name still rings true. Here's the deal though, I actually really love to listen too. Someone once joked that this only happens on Tuesdays though. Now, I don't want to disappoint your expectations of the show, so we won't veer off too often, but on occasion, you will hear from people other than myself. This episode happens to be one of those. Well, hello, you guys. You are in for a treat. I have a guest on today's uh, podcast. You don't have to listen to me for 90 days straight. You get to have a few extras. And as I was asking uh, four different people to come on the show, uh, people just kind of came to my mind and people that have been an inspiration to me or have been part of my life in some way. And so today on the show is Del Rey. She was actually a client of mine uh, back in the day when I had my marketing company, which was like, it feels like ages ago, but it was like maybe 10 years, 12, maybe, I don't know. And so um, Del Rey and I are both in completely different worlds, which is kind of wild and crazy. And thank goodness to social media, because we've been able to stay connected and even being able to like know what's going on in each other's lives without talking on a regular basis. And so we almost didn't hit record because we could have probably talked for like hours before we guys, we let you guys in on our conversation. And I thought this is some good stuff. Like let's hit the, let's hit the record button. So you're welcome into our little coffee chat and Del Rey, thank you so much for just taking time. I know your life is just as crazy as mine. So, so true, but I'm so excited to be here. If I can add value to a woman's life or truly anyone's life, it, it definitely fills my cup. I love that. And we just have so the same heart uh, about a month ago, I had Del Rey, uh, help lead co-lead be a guest on our team call. And people talked about that call for weeks and weeks. And so thank you so much for that Del Rey. but I know you have some words of wisdom to share here today. And what I'd love to chat about to just have wrap this kind of whole conversation around is we were in really similar spots prior to being in network marketing. We were in a spot where we maybe didn't like the industry so much. And now we're both pretty diehard, right? Like this is like our, this is both of our things. And uh, although we may dabble in some stuff here and there, like this is our main, main source of income, main focus on a daily basis. And that journey for both of us, I know didn't happen overnight. They've heard my story over and over again, but I would love for you to share yours. So you start in wherever you want. Um, I know we both could talk forever and ever, but you start in where you want. And I'd love for you to just shed some light on, on your story. Yeah. I, you know, seven years ago, I, I can relate to how a lot of people are feeling right now because my world felt very similar. I was overwhelmed exhausted, absolutely burned out and stressed as a single mom, a newly single mom of two girls, 10 years apart. Um, and I felt like I was just on the same hamster wheel of really trying to figure out who I was, what my passions were, um, most importantly, trying to navigate being a mom and also desiring a career of some kind. Um, I wanted purpose and passion in what I did. I absolutely wanted to make an impact. And I knew I was passionate about health and wellness, always have been, grew up in a small town in North Dakota. So value family, time with family. Um, also had a great work ethic, but really struggled with kind of sharing vulnerably, um, you know, my feelings. And I, I struggled to, to, to really, I'd say, look in the mirror and, and 
own where I was seven years ago. I kind of shoved a lot down or wore a lot of masks that said everything's fine. And behind closed doors, I was just breaking down. And I know that there's a lot of not just moms, but women, and now really a lot of people in our world that kind of feel the same way. I mean, we're kind of in survival mode, many of us, um, like I was, and I didn't know that this would be a next step because I wasn't really open. I think it was the timing and it was the pain points in my life And it was specifically how I was approached that then kind of opened up this door and allowed me to see a different perspective. And I think my greatest lesson and what I'm even trying to live out every single day now is to think again. And what that means is we get so stuck in our belief systems or judgments about not only ourselves and really what limits us or what the limits we've placed on ourselves, but our experiences with different things at different times in our lives that we kind of feel then closed to um, other opportunities. And I realized that I had really shaped my judgment and perspective of this industry based off of unfortunate experiences that I had or just preconceived notions or beliefs that weren't even my own. And so when I had the right timing with the right person, I just decided to discover. And I think a discovery process is amazing because it allows you to kind of unravel the belief systems that you thought you had about something and start to kind of open yourself up to a different idea of what your life could look like. And that discovery process of of taking a look at network marketing did not happen in 24 hours. It didn't happen in even a couple of days or weeks. It actually took me months to even consider doing this because for me, a lot of things had to align for me to actually say yes. And when I say yes, I don't dabble. (laughs) You know me well enough. I don't kind of dip my toes in. I, if I make a decision, I'm a very loyal person. And I, if I align with someone, I am committed and I am loyal. And I believe partnerships kind of require us to do our due diligence in, in taking a look and a deep look at what aligns with our values, what aligns with our passions, what do we really want? What if we experience that we really don't want? And I think the, the older you get as well, I feel, or the more mature, the more life experience you have, it becomes more crystal clear of what you don't want. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I knew what I didn't want uh, seven years ago. And I knew what I wanted I just had very little belief that this industry would be that answer for me. And don't you think part of it is the people that represent it at times? So like the people that had presented to me without even totally presenting it, I think I'd probably imitate intimidated too many people for them to actually approach me about it and totally fine. (laughs) I'm, I'm happy. I wasn't approached more than I was, but it always felt like, they were promising the world, but they hadn't even seen it yet themselves. Yep. And so they maybe saw it in me that maybe I could do it, but they hadn't. And it's, I, I know that apart from me was I got to see a close friend and someone I trusted really well that it was actually working for. And I knew how much work she was putting in. I knew what she was doing. Um, and I, I knew the truth. Like she literally showed me her paycheck. Mm-hmm. And although like 
I'm not about like, just like tossing up our paycheck all the time. And she isn't either. Um, but she's like, holy shit, like, look at this, you know? And she shows me and I'm like, wait, what? Like, I've never paid myself that much. And I own a company with 13 employees. Like I, this should be happening. Right. And I thought you are a, um, on, on leave school teacher with a sick kid with cancer and you are making probably double what I'm making. I'm working all the time. I have so much overhead. I am stressed out to pay the next bill, hoping I can make payroll. And then I bought another company and I did the same. I did the same exact thing, except I had more overhead and more stress and an industry I didn't know. I mean, it was just like, this was so obvious over here. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I also couldn't get out of my own way with it. It took me an entire year of trying to figure out how I could do it without doing it. Like, I mean, I was like, how could I be the oil lady without being the oil lady? Like I tried every single Avenue. Like literally I was like, maybe I could have a make and take at my house. No one wanted to come. I was like, well, cause that's so not me. It doesn't align with me. You know, like all this different stuff. Finally, I buy a hair salon in order for her to teach classes out of the hair salon. Like I literally had to take out a loan from my marketing company for a business so that she could have a place to come teach. Like what the heck, you know? Yeah. And here I am, but, um, I, I do to go back to my first reason to interrupt you in the story is that I really do think it's how it's presented and who it's presented by. So what did that look like to you then? Like, what were the magic words? And I know sometimes they're not so magic, but they, they worked, right? Yeah. I also think it was, I felt like I was in a safe space. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that is rare to find. You Mm -hmm. have to, I think, align with somebody that is very well developed themselves. So if you're listening and you're like, well, I don't have the success yet. And I don't have, you know, the numbers to show in my income, who's going to believe me, who's going to trust me. Um, you know, for me, it was actually just somebody that listened to me. It wasn't her paycheck and it wasn't her status and what she had done. It was that she was very intentional in understanding where the pain points were in my life and where the gaps were in my life. So she actually ended up presenting my problems to me in a way that no one had before. She literally was able to hold up a mirror. So it wasn't even what what could be offered that was the answer for me. It was that, listen, if you actually want to change what's happening in this hamster wheel of your life, then you, you're going to have to at least look at a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think you deserve that. And I thought to myself, well, she's right. Like, why wouldn't I at least take a look? Why wouldn't I at least try and take off, you know, all of these layers of judgment that I've had in the industry and actually just have an experience first with the products and the nutrition. I'm not going to do something that I'm not authentic about, uh, you know, and I, I needed to have the experience myself while I was exhausted, stressed, a busy mom, I needed to nourish and fuel my body on the go. I mean, every company that's out there has incredible products. We know this. So for me, having that transformation of actually noticing more energy, more mental clarity, releasing body weight, like that product experience really allowed me to say, okay, there's something here. And, you know, her question to me that really got me was, I want you to paint me a picture of your 
ideal life and what parts of your life right now are just not working. Um, and if you could paint that picture, who and what is most meaningful in it and what does that look like? And so she prioritized who and what was most meaningful to me and a vision of a future that I truly couldn't even think of myself because I had stopped really dreaming at that point. When you're in survival mode, you're not dreaming of like a vacation or a car or a house or a lot of things that our industry kind of throws out there as carrots for people. And that's why I have such, I think, deep and meaningful conversations because we can all talk about the weather. We can all talk about wanting more money or wanting a better body or wanting healthier bodies and families. But at the end of the day, there's some things that are deep down that we know network marketing could be a solution for, but we haven't been vulnerable enough to even tell people that we're either in a very stressful financial situation, or these are the things that I struggle with as a mom and a working mom. I mean, when I told her like, I'm $200,000 in student loan debt, I'm barely paying that down, starting multiple businesses. I'm trading time for money. I literally felt like a leftover mom. I didn't even feel like I had the capacity to love my girls the way that they deserve to be loved and cared for because I was trying to create an income that would pay down that student loan debt. I even thought like, am I going to ever own a home for these girls? I was in unhealthy relationships because I got pregnant at 21 and I thought that's all I deserved. So they watched me struggle. They watched me in this identity of, of trying to make something work in entrepreneurship and just kind of falling short every single time. And I felt like a failure. I felt like a mistake. And she was kind of the first person that I actually shared that with and said, I just don't really like who I am right now. I want to be better for my girls. Like I actually want to make a bigger impact. And I don't know how, like, I don't know a business that would allow me the freedom to be able to be both the mom I desire to be, to actually have a little more fun in my life. I was so stressed. I like had forgotten what joy even felt like. Um, and you know, you get into this body, especially post baby, and you're like, what is this? Like, what am I in right now? And then the financial, you know, component to be able to actually tell somebody how much I was struggling in that area was a big deal. So you know, her first step was to cast that vision. Like she said, this ideal life that you're painting a picture of. And for me, it was time. Like I wanted more income to buy more time and time flexibility specifically. I knew in this business, you're not going to like work it and then put your feet up on a beach and never work again a day in your life. I knew that well enough as an entrepreneur, but I did know that if I could be with my sick kid on a day where she couldn't go to school and I didn't have to call someone to tell them, you know, or I could go to anything at three o'clock and pick her up and I could, you know, be with my older daughter and travel and do things that we didn't get to do because she was in daycare the most, most of her life. Um, I, I knew that I wanted that. I just didn't have the belief that it was possible for me yet. And so when she said, I want you to understand that this is possible for you, But the belief is something you're going to have to borrow from me until you build it on your own. But she specifically pointed out skill sets and strengths that would transfer. And I think that's also very important. A lot of times we forget that we have skills. We have strengths. We have experience. And we very often kind of mistake that for, oh, like that's in the past. That's another job. 
Um, and instead I, I said to myself, wow, that helped me build confidence to say, oh, this industry, it's our business is very similar to other businesses. I don't have to do it in a certain way. I can make it my own and authentic and I can share how I want to share. I can build it how I want to build it. And that gave me a different perspective of it because I was just thinking, oh, everyone has to do it this way, <laughs> right? Like it's a cookie cutter plan. Right. And right. You don't have your own options. I exactly. mean, as much as, yes, are we at a 1099 from these companies for sure? Like, can we change a ton of stuff about the business or the model? Not exactly, uh, but we, we can market and work the business when and how, how we want. And I mean, and as I'm sure you see the same in, in isogenics is that when you're growing, you know, you do have a little bit more influence on stuff that happens within the company because they do want to listen to us distributors and us reps about direction of product or direction of comp plan or whatever it is. Um, and so it does become this space that I'm like, no, actually I do have a say. And that was something I had a hard time with owning my own business, you owning your own business. I like, I got to decide everything, how much we charge for stuff. And you know, when we did promotions and what they were, and I got to know about them in advance (laughs) because I created them, you know? So there was some learning pieces of it. Um, but the things that I love is I don't have this insane overhead that like actually takes your breath away. I remember so vividly the check I had to write every single month for my lease for the hair salon, that was the most expensive uh, monthly expense outside of, you know, um, employees. And that also was crazy. But I remember thinking, wow, it was like almost $7,000. And I remember thinking, wow, this isn't money you get to borrow from mom and dad anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. That, I mean, cause what do you say on the 1st of July, I need to borrow $7,000 and then somehow I'm going to pay that back before August 1st to pay it again. Like it just, it becomes this just weight on your chest. I was actually just meeting with a business owner who was sharing with me that her, you know, revenue is about 300,000. Her expenses are about 350,000. Yep. That's, although that is common, it's not normal. (laughs) Like this isn't that, that shouldn't be how this works. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be that difficult. Now I'm not saying I want every single brick and mortar to like close their doors because I love them. I want to frequent them. I want to go, but like, let's figure out how you could bring in a residual income into that. So like you were saying, yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. It's, it's not going to be tomorrow that you're winning a trip. You know, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of pieces to it, right? Like I didn't wake up on the first day of doTERRA and receive a check that I do now. I mean, my first check was $16. Like I didn't even show my husband. I was excited. I was like, ah, I hardly did anything for this, but he would have been like, what? You spent like $250 on all the product. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) But way different than having to write that check for the overhead of a, a brick and mortar space that you're having to do that regardless. Yep. And there's not product to use. Right. So yeah, I could go on and on about that one. 
Absolutely. I mean, business models, there's many out there, but we've evolved. And that's the other thing that I say is, listen, network marketing has evolved as well. And I know that there's a lot of people that still think we're stuck in like Tupperware parties or you know, inviting your friends and family until you're not invited to Christmas. It's just, it's just <laughs> not like that. You know, I have beautiful relationships. I have very solid relationships in my life and continue to have incredible relationships. And no, not every single family member is a customer. Not every single person I talk to or a friend of mine or acquaintance is on my team, but that is called normal. That's like, that's life. And with any business. Yes. With any your hairstylist, not everyone's going to get their hair cut by you that, you know, right? Like same exact thing. You know, you do it, you make it known. Um, you know, probably not dropping in their messages all the time, right? Like they're aware of it because you've done really great attraction marketing. So I'm curious when you got started, when, how did you first start recruiting uh, people into your business? Were you, you know, setting up meetings? Were you just sharing the goodness of it? Like, was it straight out of the gate? Like, what did that look like? I think the best thing I did is I was super honest and authentic and I documented my experience with the products. Like I was real every single day for 30 days, like what I was learning and what was mm. changing and what I noticed. And I'm super honest. Like there were these little snack things that I absolutely despise the taste of. <laughs> like they were disgusting. <laughs> so any, I, that is kind of how I do things. I, when I'm experiencing something I'm sharing and Mm-hmm. I feel like that just kind of invited people onto a journey with me instead of me trying to say, okay, here's the date that I'm going to start recruiting people into my business. I'm like, Hey, if you're feeling the same way I am, which is like a stressed and exhausted mom. And for me being in a, a tough relationship, like I had lost a lot of self-confidence and self-esteem and kind of truly lost who I was. And so I wanted to find that again. And I started therapy. I was the first person in my family to, to go to, you know, a professional counselor. And I, so I shared what I was learning and that like, what, oh my gosh, did you know our belief systems are shaped from like when we're seven years old. And this is what I learned growing up on a farm about who I am now. So I wanted to be better. I just wanted to be a better human every single day. And I wanted to inspire people that you could really be in any area of your life because I wanted to hide. I was ashamed and embarrassed and, you know, all of these feelings about where I was. And yet how many of us have these kind of transitions in our life where we look at it, but we look back and we're like, thank goodness for that transition, because it led to this part of my life. And so I simply asked myself, like, who do you want to be in your story? And who do you want along for that ride? And, you know, the customers came because again, I was documenting my experience with the products but I was very intentional about who I desired to align with as business partners and as somebody that I'd want to grow with and actually spend time with. Like I don't intentionally connect with people that I would not want to go on vacation with. Like that's kind of my number one right now. It's just, I've learned so much about how to value my time, what mindset I want around me. So I don't necessarily look for a certain person that's a certain age or this, they don't have a certain career that they have a different mindset. They have a growth mindset. They're very ambitious and brave and courageous and daring. They have a high money blueprint. They are gratitude and growth mindset oriented. And, you know, they have a desire to really 
impact, make an impact in this world and solve problems. They're just resourceful. And because that's who I was, I had all those qualities and character traits. I just wasn't in the right efficient business model to be able to create the the impact and you know leverage of time and income that I desired. And so once I got crystal clear on that, there were people that absolutely came to mind. And you know my approach is always one of discovery, just like I was approached. It's like these are the reasons I authentically thought about you. Here is who I know you are based off of our relationship. Here's what I can see for you with this. There's nobody I'd rather have on, you know, as a co-pilot, we'd have so much fun, but that's for you to discover. It may or may not be a fit, but here's what the values that I see aligned. Here are the passions and the skill sets and the strengths that I see in you. And here's the future that I see for you. Um, but that is obviously something that they need to then paint a picture of, you know, and I, I know people really well because I spend a lot of time, I think, actually developing meaningful relationships. So connecting um, and adding value to people's lives was something that I always did. And so that was definitely a strength that carried over to this business. Like I was a very patient um, I, it's like uh, the balance between patience and persistence, right? It's like you allow people their own time, but you, you give them kind of sometimes a little boost that they need to see something that they didn't even know was possible for their life. And that all comes again from asking the right questions and understanding what the deepest, most meaningful pain points are in someone's life for the solution that you can offer them. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you know, the thing that I found over the last, you know, six years, actually today, as we're recording, this was my six year oh, uh, business with doTERRA. Yeah. Awesome. I, like I told you, I was a, a customer for an entire year. So this is the day that I purchased the kit. Oh, so, cool. Um, really cool. It's just a neat thing, but you know, I know I don't know, even know what I was going to say. I just got way too excited. About- <laughs> celebrate <laughs> right exactly like celebrating the year. so funny I just recorded a reel that was like that same exact thing that I just did right there like I don't know where my mind is going but I just like kind of catch it wherever whatever you know I'll be listening to this podcast again and I'll be like oh that's where I was going shoot exactly <laughs> that's mom brain and that's totally fine <laughs> exactly exactly but I, I got it so I I was drawn to this business because of the financial piece of it. I loved the product, right? Used it for an entire year, fell in love with it, ordered it more than I needed to for any anyone in our family. Um, I was just obsessed. I wanted the free product of the month. I wanted the everything that was limited. Like I just, I loved it. And when I, I got in, I got in again for the financial piece of it. I saw the vision of the business. And I would never suggest someone get into network marketing if you don't, if you don't love the product, like you, you have to love the product and the business can be there. Right. Yep. As I've been recruiting people over the last six years, what I found is money isn't the driver for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it totally fine. Awesome. If it isn't right. My, the thing I find the most is the love and desire for the community. And it's like nothing else. It's, and, and, it, and maybe people would say it's like cult-like. I don't even care. <laughs> like I just, I absolutely love being able to connect not only within my own company, but like you, obviously we're not in the same company, yeah. being able to connect and just get it. Like mm-hmm. we just get it. We could talk all day. We could mastermind all day. Like 
it's there. Right. And that community piece has been so huge for my growth. I mean, when I look back at marketing, my marketing company, I remember showing up to association meetings for like design associations or marketing. And it just kind of being like, people like size you up, like, well, who is she? How big is your company? How many employees do you have? What's your revenue? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wait, what? Like, and, and then are we gonna like, maybe talk to you or are you competition? Or are you too little for us? Like yep. it was like kind of this constant piece and I've now I've heard that over and over again outside in different industries of people that I'm recruiting and, and chatting with. It's like, wow, I know I could reach out to probably a hundred people, even outside of doTERRA and be like, Hey, I've got an issue. Like, can I run it past you? Like, can you give me some ideas or tips or I'm stuck right now? Like, can we chat? And I don't know anyone out of those hundred plus people. I don't think any single one of them would say no. You're right. No, right? It's, it's just, we it love is. to help each other. Yep. yep. And I think, you know, if, if community it's interwoven into us, like this yeah. is who we are as humans, like we crave connection. We actually need it in order to survive. Like that's a survival mechanism we've had for all of time, except what, you know, we're experiencing now is such a divide and such a a polarization as well as isolation. Like we're at a time where depression and anxiety is up, you know, 30% up in the last couple of years. And I also think that people like myself at the time where I, or where I was in my life seven years ago, I actually just wanted to be understood. And I think that that's why community is so powerful is that if you find a place where you actually feel seen and heard and valued and appreciated and celebrated and understood, like somebody gets me, it's just Mm -hmm. a different life experience when you can feel that way. And not everybody is going to understand that because not everybody understands you and not everybody understands the type of value that can add to your life, especially as a woman. And you and I were talking about, you know, the great resignation and all of these reasons why so many people came home from work, childcare. I mean, I do data research because I'm an absolute geek as we know, but childcare was the number one reason. That's something that is quite obvious, you know, especially during the pandemic, the ups and downs of everything. And, you know, Know, some people that are, you know, can afford that they can afford for one of the, you know, parents to come home and care for the children. But also a large percentage was people weren't happy with where they were at. They weren't happy with where how they were treated at work, their environment. They don't want the, you know, commute anymore. They've realized spending time with family that, wow, you know, even though we're on top of each other and that was hard, like I really did love some of those meaningful moments. I don't want to miss all of that for my job. And I don't want to show up for a paycheck. I actually want a sense of purpose and meaning. And, uh, you know, ironically or not ironically executives, especially women executives um, and health professional executives like um, doctors and, you know, top level health professionals as women quit their jobs more. And this is the first time in history. We've never quit more than men. And we did at this point. And the reason why is because we, want to have meaning. And we were showing up to jobs where we still struggle with equal pay. We're still paid 82 cents to the dollar to a man. And we also have a lot of responsibilities at home. Like we have these dual roles. We have dual responsibilities. 
We're expected to bring in income. And then when all of this happens, you know, we're paid less. We're not appreciated as much. We have less promotion opportunities and less growth opportunities in traditional careers. And this is not everyone. This is what we have found in the statistics and data of the great resignation. And this is backed by a lot of data. So if you want it, let me know. Um, But what I've seen with network marketing or other opportunities where you have this type of flexibility is it is a really great fit for people that I think understand that they're ready to get super passionate. They want to they want to work from anywhere. They want flexibility. They don't want an income ceiling. They don't want to have to say that they earn this much compared to someone else. And it's so amazing that in our industry, women thrive in this. Um, But I was also telling you that I'm very transparent about this opportunity also being super challenging because it's not a lottery ticket. And I think a lot of times when you, you know, are, are hearing success stories and you hear the highlight reels, you know, it can be very easy to get excited about an opportunity. And then you come back to square one, which is it's new and it's some, there's a learning curve and we need to learn and apply And then a lot of times, if we don't see an outcome at a certain time, we think, oh, this isn't for me or, you know, lots of things happen. Are you going to know? Yes, you get no. I mean, there's so much. I think this business is probably the biggest accelerator of personal growth because you literally face every limiting belief about yourself building a business like this every single day. It's the most vulnerable, I think, that I've ever felt in business because it is so much of who you are. Like, you attract like who you're going to build with like you're building from square one in who you are more than anything which is why personal development is interwoven into this business because if you don't grow yourself you're going to be capped at every level there's another devil you have to overcome those levels in order to continue to grow and so it's not perfect I just think it's another way and there's many opportunities out there right now for women. There are, there's great side gigs and side hustles, and there's things that you can do from home. What I don't see though, is the ability for you to be able to actually connect, um, to actually learn from others that have gone before you. Mm-hmm. I don't see very often that, you know, you have an opportunity to be able to, um, be super flexible and fit it kind of in the pockets of your day when you want or wake up to your own alarm clock, even if it's a side hustle. And I also know for the majority of people, I mean, statistically, most people are looking for an extra $500 a month in this opportunity. And that is really powerful because I know there's so many compensation plans now that have evolved past inventory quotas. Like there's people think we still have garages stock full of things. Like, so I I haven't, I haven't stopped for my own personal use. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, so much has changed that makes it, you know, a great opportunity, but I also don't think it's for everyone. I don't, I think that there are, you know, some people that do prefer to have, you know, a, a, a guaranteed income every week or a, a guaranteed place where they show up and these are the tasks that you do. And if that's you, that's like amazing. And that's totally okay. You do not have to fit into something 
that isn't you. But my challenge for you is this. We literally in our world have never evolved and changed this quickly in technology, in our work, and things are only going to speed up. And the one, the only, you, you can't control it. I mean, clearly, if you thought you could control what's going on either in the world or in your life, the last two years have probably taught you a lesson. And so unless you get super comfortable with uncertainty, not knowing what's going to happen, but get super certain about your skill sets, your adaptability, your ability to learn and apply something new. I truly don't know if there is a better opportunity to grow yourself and your skills than this. Mm -hmm. So if you just literally get out of your head, like there's got to be an outcome of income in order for me to say that this is actually helpful. I would get rid of that because you and I both know, like, how long did it take for us to even pay ourselves in our business? Like, right. Oh my gosh. Years before you pay yourself. So yep. So, and people tell you like, you shouldn't expect a profit in a regular exactly. you know, business years. for five years. Yep. I'm like, wait, what? So I have to, I have to work for five years without getting paid. Are you kidding me? I mean, my $16 was like huge then, right? With network marketing. Yep. So yeah, it's, it's a while. It's wild. It's, it's building consistent. It's building success principles and foundationally those will carry you in anything else you choose to do. So say network marketing is not going to be your full-time thing, which is the majority of you that are listening. Like, let's be mm -hmm. honest, statistically. So say you do have something that's on the side that's guaranteed and you do this and you look at it as a growth opportunity to say, Hey, in five years, what kind of skill sets am I going to have to say, I can look at something else now as a leap because that's what's happening. I mean, even my daughter, I was telling her five years, she that what she learns in college may not even be applicable to her career because it's changing and evolving that fast. And if you can't keep up with it, that's how we get left behind. Yep. And so I think we have to get out of our head that you always have to be certain that something's going to work and instead get super curious about how you're going to improve who you are, as well as your skill sets every single day. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I love this. I know one thing that we talked about right before we hit the record button was choosing your heart. Yeah. Right. And it's, I hope throughout this last almost hour of us just chatting away that you don't believe that we're saying that this opportunity is easy or a get rich quick program. Uh, neither one of us, you won't see that on our social media. You won't see that as messaging in any room that we're in because we have both worked. We've worked hard to get yes. to where we're at. Right. Um, and so I just hope that you don't, you're not hearing that there's a hard in either, in either space. Mm -hmm. I just chose this one. And the things that are hard are things I've talked about quite a bit on the podcast, managing your own schedule. <laughs> That's big, right? Being okay with a no and being okay with judgment. But guess what? No matter what you do, no matter where you work, no matter what business you choose, someone will have an opinion about it, right? You can, the whole thing, the room I'm sitting in right now is an ugly green color. Yep. That, that could be, you know, <laughs> challenged, right? <laughs> or you could say, right? There's just so many different things. Like, no, it's not ugly green, right? Like everyone. Can had... I help with the judgment piece for a second? Because oh, I love it. until I did like professional counseling that I started to understand this whole process. So our brain 
actually changes at about age nine. And at age nine, that's when we start to conceptualize that we're like not the only one in the world. <laughs> like people are looking at me. So this is where my daughter's at. It's called the nine year change. So our brain actually starts to develop different matter. It's why like when you're in your, you know, when you're a 15 year old boy or 18 year old, like you're going to do different things because you don't have the reasoning part of your brain yet. Like <laughs> you're living in a different place in your brain. So as this develops, we actually start to like fear judgment of others because our sense of belonging is that deep in our neuroscience of our brain. We must belong. And so if we feel judged, we will oftentimes, and this is when we start to wear masks, we start to become someone we're not to feel accepted and validated by our friends and then by society. And then it just gets bigger and bigger. And suddenly you end up like a 40 year old woman. You're like, who am I even like, if I stripped away all of this, who am I authentically? And instead of us having to do that, process why don't you ask yourself right now what is the biggest like what's the worst thing someone could say that would trigger your insecurity about being judged because that is actually usually your biggest way that you can work on yourself mm -hmm. because it's literally just showing a mirror to you mm -hmm. of what you need to work through yourself in order to actually accept and believe that you're on your own authentic path and that that is no one else's business. And so I, growing up in a small town, like my environment was shaped by having to fit in because if you didn't, if you shine too bright or speak too loud or, you know, say too much, yeah. then you're, you're judged. And so I learned very quickly and we learn as children how to fit in. And so when you're not fitting in and you're doing something different that I truly believe will be like the next phase of work anyway, work has changed forever because of the pandemic, but most importantly, 50% of us are going to be freelance workers by 2028, 20, like 50% of people are going to be self-employed. So, or have multiple side gigs, but they're going to be their own boss. We already have 31% of us that do that. So if you're not used to understanding who you are, like start there because mm -hmm. you're not going to fear judgment. You understand someone else's perspective is their own and they see through a lens through which they've been shaped. So if their trigger is this person's doing network marketing, this was my experience. This is what I've been told. Their lens is going to see something different than you see. And that's okay just accept it. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to justify. It's just an opinion. And that's sh someone else's shaping, not yours. Yeah. I love that. Gosh. Okay. I know we could talk forever. Yeah. I know you have things you need to do. <laughs> we have things, you know, we all have things we need to do. Thank you everyone that's listening. I know <laughs> it's probably hard to even put down. I've been taking notes uh, myself. So thank you for schooling me today, Delray. Um, it's so fun, like I said, to talk to like-minded women that are doing the same thing, right? Going through this hard, doing uh, the the fun, the exciting, like the adventures. I mean, before we got on here, you were like, you had told me you were in on vacay, and I was like, for work or like, you know. But even our work things are for pleasure. We could go on and on with that too, right? Um, but I just want to thank you. Thank you for just shedding all of this awesomeness here. I know I prompted you a little bit. If you have any last words of beautiful wisdom for the people listening, uh, we'd love to hear it. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, seven years ago where I was, I had a really hard time painting a picture of my future that looked different in the state that I was in. And I understand if you're in that place, I was sharing with Tina that I have a a family member that's severely immune compromised. And so the last three years have been probably the hardest three years of my life, but because of the choice that I was able to build, the picture looks completely different. And that is kind of something that I want you to think about. It's again, coming back to this choosing your heart. Okay. I know I can't predict what's going to happen in the future, but if choice is as important to you as it is to me, that I can actually have the freedom of choice financially to navigate that time. I have freedom of choice in my time to be there for treatments with this family member, to be able to be at the family farm when we lost both of my grandparents, to not have to go back to work and to just be able to be there, to go on vacation, like I said, for nine days and not touch the business, but get paid the same. But that took years of work to get there. And so not forgetting that the picture that you're painting like is, is worth it and that it's possible but it's, it's not possible unless you believe it. And the way that you build belief in yourself is to stop self betraying, (laughs) meaning like I'm going to try something and dip out, or you just lack belief and follow because you haven't followed through. So start following through on really small things to build confidence in yourself and start trusting yourself again, like get off of consumption and get into a space where you know that you have the answers. Like we're very smart and intuitive. And sometimes we're waiting someone for someone to like grant permission to us that we are so like capable and able. I know I was for a really long time until I looked in the mirror and I reminded myself like, you're persistent. You are resourceful. You are a caring and compassionate person. Like you can do this. So don't forget that, like go write a letter to yourself and make it a year from now and just tell yourself who you desire to be, because that's truly the greatest gift that we can leave. I believe in our legacy is not what we've accomplished, but who we've become and who we've literally touched along the way, because we were like brave enough to say yes to our best life and our best life doesn't have to look like anyone else's. My best life is literally like in the next room, my older daughter. (laughs) She's there and I can't wait to hug her. I've been waiting to. So give yourself permission to like dream again, because I know what it's like to stop dreaming. Gosh, I love that. Delray, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you guys again for listening. As you know, we are doing 90 days in a row of the podcast. Go back and listen and binge on all the days prior and all the days future. And we will have guests and uh, lots of solo shows. And as always, I love, love, love hanging out on Instagram. It's my favorite spot. Go over there. Shoot me a DM. Let me know what you learned from this awesomeness of Miss Delray. And we will also put show note in the show notes. I'll put links to all of uh, Delray's info for you to connect with her as well. So have a great day and we will see you back here tomorrow.